0: Welcome back my friends. Ooh, these conversations are giving me such life. I hope you enjoy. Know that I have a backlog that I'm just now uploading. So take me with you on a walk. I'm thinking if you walk like an hour, you could get two or three of these in. And I hope that they give you as much joy as I have had making them and having these conversations on this episode. This is episode three of season two. I have Tara Brown. I have a comedian, y'all, like a for real comedian who lives somewhere near us in Charlotte. We are so excited to be meeting all of these new friends. Tara is cracking me up. Like we just had a no frills conversation. And I think you'll understand why she is so popular and family friendly. She even has, I think it's in August, if we can all be together, a show that she'll tell you about that we could all go and eat together if we're doing that in August. But no matter what, she has videos on the internet. You know what, I'm not even going to tell you more about it because you need to meet our new friend who is talking about a few things, including how to know how to use humor when you're dealing with difficult things. I think you'll get it. Okay. I'm not going to say any more. Here she is, our new friend Tara. I am so excited to welcome our very first comedian to the What She Said Project. I'm the first comedian
1: making history today. I love it.
0: We're breaking it. through all the ceilings, we're cracking them through. There you
1: go. There are no ceilings around here.
0: None. I am Shannon Ivey, and I want to welcome you to our season two of our podcast. And please, for our listening audience, would you tell us a little bit about yourself so folks can find you? Well, thank
1: you, Ms. Shannon. Thank You're you welcome. so much for having me. Uh, my name is Tara Brown. I am a comedian based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm um, originally from Brooklyn, New York. So I like to tell people uh, I live in Charlotte, but I'm from New York. Uh, and then you can actually hear it in my accent because you never lose a New York accent, you know, especially when I get upset. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it comes out. <laughs> um, I have been uh, performing around Charlotte. I, I tour uh, around the country. Uh, I am the most recent winner of the Jeannie Robertson Comedy with Class Humor competition. I do clean and family friendly comedy so, um, and I, I produce a, a clean comedy brunch show at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte that is designed for, you know, uh, parents to bring their kids to really uh, super fun and family-friendly show. And if we get back to any sense of normalcy, the next one will be August 16th at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. So, yes,
0: yeah, I, um,
1: yeah, so that's who I
0: am and I'm happy to be joining you and, and having some good conversation today. Thank you. We are connected because we have a mutual friend in common. And Bonnie is one of the activists that's been working with the I Can't Breathe SC group. She's amazing. Yes. And you and I had a quick conversation um, before this about how important it is for everybody to figure out from their lane or their lens. Can you tell me more about your feelings on that?
1: You know, I think one of the trickiest things now is um, people don't know allies, I'll say, I don't like to say white people, I just allies, you know, allies are not sure what to say, and they don't want to say the wrong thing. And I get that. But you know, everyone has their lane, and everybody has what they can do. So it might not look like protesting for you, but it might uh, look like helping with bail fund or bringing water to protesters, or, you know, volunteering behind the scene in some sort of way, getting involved, in a social justice organization. So I I think, and yet, like I said, people don't know what to say, but say something, you know, do something, be there, be supportive. Sometimes it takes just listening, because I think a lot of times, even, not even with this, but with anything, we listen to respond, as they say, and not listen to understand. So a lot of times, if I'm telling you my story, you wanting to empathize with me may say, "Yes, that's like the time when this happened to me," and and it's just like it's not like that at all, you know. Because what I hear when I'm telling you about a time when I've experienced racism, and you tell me something that doesn't sound nearly uh, as close as what I'm talking about, sounds like, "Oh wow, that time you broke your nail," you know. It's not the same thing. So I think a lot of times, in our quest to empathize with people. Cause I've done this myself on different levels. Like I wanna make sure someone feels like I'm with them. So I'll share my story and I'm like, you know what, this is not the time. So I think it's time to listen and then act. And we don't, you know, we want people to get out there and do what feels right to them. Like I said, activism looks like something different to everyone. I love watching Bonnie and in this millennial generation and they are out there and they're doing it. And it makes my heart feel good. I, you know, ever since all of this happened, um, I honestly have been crying every day. Just every day, it's just been heavy. And what has kind of helped to dry the tears a bit is watching young people get out there, watching, you know, the diversity of people out there in those streets, saying, "This is it, and this is enough." And I remember having a conversation with someone, um, uh, one of my uh, white friends. And I was just so exhausted by all of it. And she goes, "I don't know what to do." And I said, "Listen, we're tired. We need to tag y'all in. It's y'all's turn now." And so to watch people saying, "We got you. We got your back. We're standing with you," it's heartening. My thing, what I want people is to keep the same energy up, because it's, you know, it's easy to do it when the spotlight is on and the cameras are on and it, the story is fresh. But sadly, and I can almost predict this, (laughs) there'll be another one of these cases, another George Floyd, you know, and I hate to say that, but this is what experiences and history has taught us. And so we need to have the same energy throughout this, you know, and just never take our foot off the gas and just keep moving forward. But like I said, I'm excited because change is happening. And as Sam Cook said, a change is going to come, and I believe it.
0: What do you think, um, this generation has different resources. So a part of what can make it continue is that young folks have entered it early. Yeah. Um, what do you think, what are other ways to sustain the movement's energy? Cause it's not just one person.
1: Right. You know, one of the things I was thinking, volunteer with social justice organizations, you know, find out in your community who's doing what and see where you fit in. Somebody says something on Facebook, a comedian friend, and I thought it was really interesting and I hadn't thought about it. He said he volunteers with the civilian complaint review board. I didn't even, I didn't realize that, you know, you, it makes sense that you could, but I didn't think about it. So I think there are lots of ways you can volunteer on the local level where you can make a difference uh, going forward because let's face facts, you know, Everyone has their eye on the, the general election in November and that's great. But we also have to remember, as they say, all politics is local, right? So yep. it's just like your judges, your district attorneys and, and all those type of people. You know, we gotta keep everybody accountable. So my thing is start volunteering find places and social justice organizations where you can get involved and volunteer and put all this energy. Because here's the thing, you may have a skill set that an organization needs and you don't even know it because you've not explored it. So I say get active and get involved. There's so many great groups that, you know, just a quick Google search on social justice organizations that you can involve yourself with. So that's what but I think. Let's get involved. Let's keep this going.
0: All right. So I completely agree with you. And one of the things, the ways you and I connect is that I'm calling it like the anti field. Yeah. Like for mm-hmm. folks who have some immunocompromised yes. stuff going on. So, for the aunties like yeah I love that <laughs> I love the, that I'm auntie, auntie uh, <laughs> yes and in the auntie lane there are lots mm-hmm. of and actually the what she said project draws in folks uh, that are in between 30 and 59 is the okay. listenership. Mm-hmm. so that group of folks there are some very specific things that folks can do to support the energy so yes you've mentioned uh, well maybe you would mentioned it during this conversation. we mentioned bail fund. bail
1: funds. Yes. yeah there are people you know I see a lot of um like I can't breathe SC in different organizations who are raising funds for bail uh yep. bail out helping to help pe- helping to bail folks out and also money is going to like if folks need water and masks and different things like that so those types of things are equally as important as if you're out there protesting like we Discuss, I can't get out there. I'm immunocompromised. So I have to be really careful, but I can support a bail fund. I can, you know, drop water off to someone who can take it down. So, you, there are lots of things that people can do.
0: There's and aunties in the world.
1: So, we can go right. we can <laughs> take this over.
0: <laughs> and so, the aunties also have this way of holding, like, holding space is kind of a funny way to say it, but you I like talking, that though. talking to millennials, like, whether yes. it be online or on the phone. Uh, so, and I'm, we're, we're singling out millennials but just the youth can use someone other than their mother to talk to you about some stuff so
1: and people who've been through some things it's funny yeah. one of my favorite expressions is um a new broom sweeps clean but an old broom knows the corners and so <laughs> i love that's one of my favorite expressions ever Ooh. and so i think uh a lot of new brooms can learn from a lot of older brooms and you know and, you know, we and people older than us even have seen some things. I remember going um, a couple of years ago to the, uh, uh, Smithsonian, the African-American Smithsonian Museum in D.C. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, a, my women's group that went. And one of uh, the women in our group, she's kind of our matriarch. And going through these various exhibits where it said whites only and, and just different things, I sat with her and I put my... Uh, camera phone on and I was just getting her experience. I like, do you remember this? And she just sitting there listening to her stories of times she, you know, when she grew up like that and the things she remembered was so pop and, um, powerful to me and it stayed with me. So I feel like, you know, with this younger generation they have this great energy and drive and enthusiasm and that's fantastic. But, you know, talk to the, the generation before you and the ones even before that. To just kind of figure out how to harness all of that. I was talking to a friend today and she was telling me her son, you know, he, he you know, he's really pent up with everything and she has to find a way for him to harness that energy. And, and I was saying the same thing to her. I was like, let's find a group for him to get involved with and just put that same energy into kind of, you know, making a change that way.
0: Oh, I have a great question to ask you. So a part of uh, another thing you and I, a connection we have is in a performative art form. Yes. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about how you got into comedy and how well, you might be using it during this time yes. in our lives? Yes.
1: I'll tell you, it's funny. I um my daytime job is I do PR for a living. And uh ha, yeah. I mean, of course you do. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, um, and so one day I was just in my office thinking, uh, I'd love to have like a hobby. Like it just felt like you know I needed something to do on So I started googling, you know, things to do in Charlotte, and I saw a comedy class pop up. And um, I said, well, people think I'm funny. That could be something. And so I took this six week comedy class at the Comedy Zone. And I remember the one week we had to write some jokes down and then tell them in front of class. And I was reading them from my paper. And I remember hearing people laugh, and I was like, oh, my God. I said, I thought of something, wrote it down, and they think it's 22. And so I was like, I'm on to something here. And, um, you know, and then from there, it's taken off and had the opportunity to tour the country and, you know, perform lots of places. Right pre-pandemic, I, was, uh, I performed in Dallas with Jeannie Robertson at the Winspear Opera House in front of mm-hmm. 2,000 people, and that's the largest audience to date. I've um, performed in front of so that was amazing. I'm like, thank you, it was before the pandemic. And uh, that's been great. And so this has been an interesting time for me uh, from since the time we got kinda under quarantine until now because uh, comedy has gone away. Uh-oh. I'm with you. Oh, you're with me? Okay, because yeah. for some reason I can't see you anymore. I'm here. Uh, okay there you go there you go yeah how you know live shows have gone away you know and um but what i've had the opportunity to do are virtual comedy shows which have been interesting so i've done a lot of zoom comedy shows and it's 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 been an interesting thing because to do comedy and not hear people laughing yeah i can see them they're they're uh they're on mute and i tell the story about that one show and I couldn't hear the guy, but every time I looked at him, he kept doubling over and laughing and falling out of the frame. And I was like, "That's my guy. I'm focusing on that guy." Um, so There's a metaphor I'm,
0: in there. There's some metaphor. Be, right? Yeah, it's like the, who that guy. If we focus on you were talking with me about this, like the good, like what can get you through, and the good stories, and that yeah. one guy you saw him and focused. I don't know. He was, he was he like, was he
1: was my guy. Yeah, and so that's been fun. And one of the things I noticed doing that right at the beginning of quarantine is that people's faces like when you get on they look sad you know and very downtrodden and then you say something that kind of helps to change that and that's really good and I did a show yesterday actually for a company and one thing I thought was cute is I was it was their staff meeting so I was going to be a part of the staff meeting. so the guy was like giving a tour to the people on like they hadn't been in the office in a while He's like, hey, look at this, whatever. And they had a can of lysol there. So when it was my turn, I was like, I want to work there because you guys got lysol. And I haven't seen a can of lysol in Charlotte in like six weeks. I was like, that seems like a good place <laughs> to work, you know. So just kind of connecting with people and reminding them again, we're all in this together. Um, the interesting thing about this too is you, you you have to come up with material that's relevant to the times. You know, I have a set I normally do. I can't not address what's going on. I can't just do my set and like not act like we're d- this is normal that I'm doing this to you over the computer. So I have some jokes about quarantine and essential businesses and that sort of thing. But the one thing I've, I stayed away from were any uh, coronavirus jokes, because I just think, you know, we've lost uh, 110,000 Americans to COVID-19. I don't find anything about that funny. So it's just kind of tempering the material and recognizing that you bring a much needed service right now. Um, And I'll I'll tell you this interesting story. I um, was doing right at the height of everything that's going on. I think the video of George Floyd had just come out and I was grateful that I didn't have any comedy shows coming up, any virtual shows, because I just wasn't in the proper headspace for it. So I was doing an interview with a television uh, station, uh, kind of an access program. And uh, I missed in the confirmation email they sent me, I thought it was going to be a straight interview. I missed the part where they said, we want you to do 20 minutes worth of material. And so I kid you not, one minute before we're about to go, they told me, oh, yeah, we can't wait to hear jokes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, we wanted you to do comedy. So I literally had to, I was feeling so heavy, like I did, I was not in a place to make people feel like making them laugh. And plus I had to put twenty minutes in my head together within the span of sixty seconds. But thankfully I was able to do it and but I had to push something down in myself to give the people what they needed. And I think that's the other thing that's tough for comedians, you know, even before a pandemic and, you know, protests and everything, you're always kind of pushing things down in you to be able to give the audience an experience that they won't forget and, and to make them feel good. And then for me, like You know, I always say at my show, you never know what a person is walking in the door with. I want, when you come in, that I've said something that made you laugh, made you forget about any problems, at least for a little while. You know, you're gonna deal with that, but for those, you know, that little while you're with me, let's laugh about it. And then I do a lot of material about being over 50 and people, like I talk a lot about waxing my chin hairs. People love that, because everybody has chin hairs. Yeah.
0: I, I called mine my pandemic friend, so I oh, had first yeah. one. It was a little pandemic you first,
1: Yeah, I got uh, a beard going here. First
0: one, I, first one.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's ugly, uh, yeah. yeah. Mine yeah. are growing in white now, so that's kind of tricky.
0: Oh, you know, that very sparkly.
1: No, actually, I look like uh, Harriet Tubman a little bit. <laughs> it's a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tricky.
0: I want to see your show so bad now. So for folks that are listening, how if I wanted to follow you, just in case you do more of these virtual shows, how do I find you?
1: Please, Uh, Tara Brown Comedy. I'm at tarabrowncomedy.com. I'm on all things social media at Tara Brown Comedy. And I need folks to find me on YouTube. So if they go to YouTube and subscribe at Tara Brown Comedy, I got some great videos there. You get to know more about me. And then, you, like I said, if you're in the Charlotte area and assuming that we get to phase three in North Carolina, uh, my Clean Comedy Brunch, August 16th, that'll be fun. And you can bring the kids. You don't even need a babysitter.
0: Oh, my God. I'm a solo parent. So I'm so going to be there if we're yeah. able to be there. It's an hour and a half from us. Not bad. Not bad.
1: Yeah. I like Columbia. Cola. Come on down. Call it.
0: Yes, so yeah. city. city. You would be very welcome here. And I got a lot
1: of good friends up that way. A lot of co- comedian friends. Good folks up in Cola.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for taking time with me.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Shannon. Such
0: a gift, and thank you for all that you're doing, and thank you for holding down your auntiness. And
1: I love that. We get shirts. When you get shirts, yes. let me know. I'll, about a shirt?
0: Hey, yours is on me. I'm going to make sure I know what you need.
1: There we go. Thank Have you, a good Shannon. rest of your Friday. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay, we know what to do. We're going to go immediately and find Tara Brown Comedy on YouTube. We can find her all sorts of other places, but that's what we want to do. And that is where we could spend a little more time having a laugh. Like what, what is making you laugh right now? I want to know, tell me more about it. Who else should I be interviewing? I am open to it, y'all. Let me know. I hope you're enjoying these. Tara, thank you for being so brave and hopping on with a stranger on the podcast. It was uplifting, amazing to meet you. We cannot wait to be in the same room as you, hopefully sooner than later. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. Please share it up with your friends if you think it would be helpful. I've got more coming Much love. Stay safe. Be smart. Laugh. I love you. Bye. Oh, thank you.